Hey guys, welcome back. I want to kind of give you an update as to where we stand on the rapture this coming week. Uh, this is filmed Sunday, November the uh, 8th. And this coming week, all the way through Friday, is a very high watch time for the potential rapture. Extremely high. And I want to uh, kind of review and discuss uh, the dates of where we stand so far. But everything is contingent upon the fig tree generation. And in Matthew 24, Jesus said when Israel was once again set up as a nation, they were given a maximum of 80 years. And this is known as the fig tree generation. A generation is described in Psalm 90, 10 uh, as being a maximum of 80 years and uh, a minimum of 70 years. And uh, in Matthew uh, 24, 34, Jesus said this, the generation that sees Israel once again set up as, as a nation will not pass till all these things that he describes in Revelation come to pass. Now, Israel was founded May 14, 1948, and that would make Israel's 80th year, May 14, 2028. When you subtract the seven-year tribulation uh, you, that's described in Daniel 9:27 and Ezekiel 39.9, that brings you a date that it couldn't go past of May 14, 2021. That means that the rapture and the start of the tribulation takes place in the fall of 2020 with Jesus' return and setting up his kingdom in the fall of 2027. And one of the things I want to point out here is that there needs to be a specific number of day count timeline that encompass the tribulation period. The church leaves, we believe that the church leaves before the start of the tribulation period. And in Daniel, uh, Daniel 12, it describes a exact countdown for the tribulation period. So if it uh, if it begins in the fall of 2020 and ends in the fall of 2027, there are specific day counts that must take place and everything must fit like a jigsaw puzzle. And we will be going through this and uh, this is one that shows that uh, uh, you add 1,260 days uh, from, from the start. That brings you to a midpoint of 2024. And uh, that you come up with a end point of the fall of 2027. And let me show you another uh example of this that we'll get more into detail uh, another okay this is a uh, another graph 
but again it, it's it's showing specific timelines uh, and the days that we're looking at are the uh, uh, the last days of the Feast of Tabernacle Tabernacles uh, the 24th 25th day of the month but you notice here again there are specific day timelines and in order for it to be correct it must fit like a glove everything coordinating to a glove whatever whatever date that you pick and this coming week this makes it so high of a watch time uh, this coming week all the way through Friday the 13th and let's kind of review what we discussed previously okay Previously, we discussed, again, uh, a biblical generation is 70 years, tonight greater than 80 years. If we calculate the years, we come up with a drop-dead rapture date of the following. Again, when you add 80 years to May 14, 2028, and then subtract uh, the seven-year tribulation, you come up with a basic limit of May 14, 2021. If the prophecies are correct, again, going by what Jesus said, as a fig tree generation, all these things must come to pass. It cannot go by May 14, 2021. But in addition, because the rapture takes place in the fall, because he returns in the fall of 2027, uh, we are looking at this time, this fall time as being the high time for all these things to st start, take a path, come to pass. And uh, there are some specific clues of what we are to be looking at. You know, the rapture and the start of the tribulation would be like in the days of Noah, fo following uh, Noah's timeline of deliverance and destruction. And what is curious about the days of Noah, the Bible says that uh, he, and, and this is one of our, if it goes past the, the time we're looking at, another possibility is the time when Noah enters the ark. And the Bible tells us that Noah's flood started the 17th day of the second month, of the second month, and the second month in the biblical calendar is the eighth month in the civil calendar. However, the Bible says in Genesis 7 that Noah was in the ark, the door was shut seven days before the flood started. And that makes the day that uh, Noah entered the ark being on the, uh, the true 10th day of the eighth month. And this is another high watch time that we'll discuss. But uh, let's go on. We discussed that, uh, you know, the devil does not want you watching for Christ's return. And he loves to quote his famous scripture that no man knows the day or the hour. And in the scripture, no man knows the day or hour. Does this refer to the rapture or something else? And that's found in Matthew 24, verse 
35 through 36 in the King James Version. And Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Okay, what day or the hour is he referring to? The day or the hour that he's referring to is the, the verse above in verse 35. It's the day when heaven and earth shall pass away. That's the day he's referring to. That is not the day of the rapture. And if you go on, and and according to Jesus in Revelation 3, 3, if you are watching for his return, you will know the day and even the hour. On the other hand, if you are not watching, he will come like a thief in the night, and you will not be prepared, and you will not know the the time that he he's coming in Revelation three three it says remember therefore thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent if therefore thou shalt not watch I will come upon thee as a thief and you will not know what hour I come upon you also the as we discussed last time the devil does not want you to know what truly what time it is. If he can't stop you from looking with no man knows the day or the hour, he will change up the calendars where you do not even know what time it is. And he has been misleading uh, everybody with the calendars being screwed up for over 2,000 years. And in fact, this is uh, predicted in Daniel 7.25 where he says, he will try to change the rules about the, the dates and God's law. So mankind, 5,000 years ago, did he, ancient man did not have modern computer programs like Stellarium that calculated the position of the stars, moon, and sun. However, as far back as 3600 BC, mankind was able to calculate the spring and fall equinox. And ancient sites such as Stonehenge, built 5,000 years ago in the pyramid in Mexico at Chicken, uh, Chicken, Chicken Itza, were built specifically to calculate the spring and fall equinox. And I wanted to show you briefly a uh, uh, article on this. Okay, this is an article showing the uh, these ancient sites were that were built to calculate the equinox, the spring and the summer equinox, and one of them again I mentioned that Mexico and uh, uh, the pyramid in Mexico that it was amazing the calculation exactly when the uh, spring and fall equinox there's a shadow that goes. That represents the uh, their god, kind of the the dragon that crawls up the the side of the pyramid, but that is dating back number of uh, number of installations that were built to calculate that. One of the earliest ones 
dating back 5,000 years ago that it's determined that Stonehenge was laid out in a matter where they could calculate this uh, spring and fall equinox. Okay, so as you can see, they knew how to calculate when the equinox are. The two most important months in the Jewish calendar for correctness is the start of the first and the seventh month, which is, excuse me, <coughs> which is Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets. The, more, the Lord made it easy to calculate, and that is the first month starts at the first new moon on or after the spring equinox and when the barley is a bee. In other words, when the barley harvest is ready to harvest. And the seventh month starts the first new moon on or after the fall equinox. Finding the correct start of the seventh month was very important because 10 days later is the most holy day in Israel of Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur is the only day of the year that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. If the Yom Kippur date was incorrect, then the high priest would die upon entering the Holy of Holies. In fact, in the event of death, there was a rope tied around the high priest's ankle to pull him out in the event that he died while in the Holy of Holies. Now, up until Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, they had the timing of the seventh month down. And they did this by using God's signs in the heaven and the har barley harvest being a beeb. However, after Jesus' death and before the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, they started incorporating other calendar systems for calculating the the date, which is precisely what they're doing now. And as a result, a high number of high priests who d died during this period because they incorrectly determined the seventh month, beginning of the seventh month. And so when they entered the Holy of Holies, they died uh, and had to be pulled out by the rope tied around their ankle. And the Lord's calendar system was simple, self-correcting, and extremely accurate. It revolved around the spotting of the new moon each month. And during the time of the Jewish temple, the first sliver of the new moon was spotted by two witnesses and reported to the Sanhedrin. If the new moon was, is not spotted the first night, due to overcast, let's say, they would continue looking for the new moon each evening until it is spotted. And the Sanhedrin then declared the official start of the new moon at the sighting of the new moon. The evening that the new moon is spotted starts the first day of the week and month. So the first day of the new month always is on a Sunday, the first day of the month, and then seven uh, and the seventh day, 14th day, 21 day, 28th day later are the Sabbaths. And with each 
new moon, the monthly calendar resets itself. In addition, the Lord's calendar is fine-tuned two times a year, on the first month and on the seventh month. On the first month, if the new moon does not fall on or after the spring equinox, and if the barley harvest is not a beeb ready for harvest, then the first month starts at the next new moon. Likewise, on the seventh month, if the new moon does not fall on or after the fall equinox, then the seventh month starts at the next new moon. No, you can always tell if the calendar is correct if the new moon of the seventh month lines up on or after the fall equinox. And I want to show you an example of what happened this year and why it's incorrect. Okay, this is the uh, showing the seventh month. And it you can see here that the fall equinox was on uh, September the 22nd. And by their calendar, again, the rule is the new moon must start on or after the fall equinox. And it's showing the new moon day is September the 19th, which is before the fall equinox. Therefore, it's a month off. So the correct month, what is showing the true seventh month, is really, on their calendar, the true eighth month. But let's go back here and let's go on. After the destruction of the Jewish temple in 70 AD, the Jewish people developed their own calendar system. And the current uh, Jewish calendar is based on the calculations of a 12th century rabbi named no Moses ben Maimon, and again, I still can't believe that they are using the calculations from the 12th century of the current Jewish calendar. And basically, Moses wanted all the Jewish people to be on the same page as to when the Jewish feasts are. So he developed a 19-year cycle of which uh, 12 of the 19 years are regular 12 months and seven of the 19 years are leap years where they add an ex extra month to their calendar. And uh, so the problem of it is the current system is, is that it's correct only about 50% of the time. The first Jewish month should start on or after the spring equinox and when the barley harvest is abeve. And the seventh Jewish month should start on or after the fall equinox. This year, they have the seventh month starting September the 19th. However, the fall equinox, as we showed you, does not start until September the 22nd. This is occurs 
when the barley harvest for the first month is not a bee, and again, this year, the barley harvest, it was not ready for harvest this year, so one month should have been added uh, to, to make it square. And therefore, Moses' calculation on his 19-year cycle is out of whack. Therefore, we believe that the true uh, start of the Feast of Trumpets, in other words, the uh, everything that occurs in the seventh month, like the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the uh, Day of Tab Tabernacles, is actually showing on the eighth month of the Torah calendar. In addition, the Enoch calendar shows the true seventh month as the eighth month on the Torah calendar. And let me show you what the Enoch calendar shows. Okay, this is the uh, Enoch calendar, and uh, this column here is the Gregorian date. Gregorian date. Uh, this calendar is a screwed up uh, Torah calendar or Hebrew calendar, and this is the Enoch calendar. So let's go down here, and I'll show you that the uh, dates, how they uh, are shown. Here they're, here they're showing uh, Enoch calendar, excuse me, on the uh, Hebrew calendar, the seventh month beginning September the, the 19th. But in actuality, uh, showing here that, that the true seventh month is actually, let me find it here. There it is. The true seventh month actually begins uh, October. Where, so that would be the eighth month. They're showing the eighth month uh, of Cheshvan Chesh uh, on the Tishri calendar. So, so basically, the true seventh month is the eighth month on the Torah calendar, Hebrew calendar. So let's go back. So the Enoch calendar correctly correlates the two equinoxes, both fall and spring, to determine the correct Jew Jewish month. However, this is the problem with the Enoch calendar is that it's not factor in the sighting of the new moon by the two witnesses at the first of the month, and it is off by a day or two. For example, uh, the new moon for the month of October is shown as 
October the 17th, the first day of the first month, which is off two days from the Torah calendar because they they show it the the first day of the the month as October the 19th because they're going by the sighting of the new moon. Uh, the Enoch calendar is off two days because they, they are looking at the brand new moon without taking in calculation the sighting of the sliver of the moon. Um, and therefore, the true seventh Jewish month is shown as the eighth Jewish month on the Torah calendar. And the true eighth Jewish month is shown on the ninth Jewish month on the Torah calendar. And uh, incidentally, the, the, the information that I'm showing here is on the first pinned comment. You can go to a Google a document and pull, pull this information up. And uh, it's showing, you can verify it by uh, checking out Revelation chapter 12. He does, uh, he verifies that it is a Jubilee year. And uh, let's go on. So there you have it. So what are our high watch, rapture watch dates? for the corrected calendars and before we get into that uh the way the the, the jewish calendar determines a start of a new day instead of midnight they start at sundown the previous day so if we're saying okay we we're looking at the uh, date of october the 25th when does it start? Well, uh, in Israel, by, by their calendar, the new day starts the previous day at sundown. So it'd be the 24th from sundown, and that day would go from uh, the 24th sundown to sundown on the 25th. So, okay, let's get into our high watch days. We're looking at uh, the true 21st day of the month to the true 25th day of the month. And that is uh, the Shemi Atzeretz, the eighth day of tabernacles to the day that Jesus was circumcised on the uh, 21st to the 25th day of the eighth month. So let's go to the calendar and show you what we're talking about. So this is the seventh month. And again, the seventh month, what occurs on the seventh month showing on the Torah calendar is really the eighth month that they're showing. And here is what we're looking at. We are looking at the start of tabernacles no excuse me we're already past that we're looking at the eighth day of tabernacles which goes uh again starting israel's time the uh evening of the uh 21st day of the jewish month 
to the 25th day of the month that we're looking at. And that takes in several, several things. So let, let's look at the date. Let's get over to the eighth month. Okay, we're looking at the 21st day of the month and to the 25th of the Jewish month. 21st is today. High watch day going from Sunday, the 25th, excuse me, Sunday, uh, November the 8th to uh, the 25th of the month, November the 12th. November the uh, 12th is the day uh, that Jesus was circumcised and uh, that period of time is a high watch time. I'll uh, play a video in a second on that going to the number counts. But that, that is a very high watch time. And uh, let's look at some, something else that we're looking at. Let, let's get back to uh, some other dates that we're looking at. So that, that puts it, a high watch date is before Friday the 13th of this, of this week. It is an extremely high watch date. Now, if that passes, another date that we're looking at uh, is the, the date of Noah's flood. And the date of Noah's flood is uh, on the eighth day, tenth, excuse me, the flood started on the uh, 17th day of the eighth month. And remember, the true eighth month is actually, the calendar is off one month out of sync. So the true eighth month is shown the ninth month, Kislev, on the Torah calendar. And this is the date when Noah entered the ark and was shut. The 10th day and the 17th day. So let's look at the calendar. It's showing it, it's Thursday. The 10th day is Thursday, the 26th. And uh, the 17th day of the eighth month, true eighth month, is Thursday, December the 3rd. Let's look on the calendar. Okay, remember we said that uh, the true eighth, eighth month is actually the ninth month. So the dates that we're looking at is the 10th day of the month, Jewish month, which is the day that they entered the ark, uh, is November the 26th, and the date of Noah's flood on the true 8th day, 8th uh, month, 
is the 17th day of the true eighth month, which is the ninth month, December the 3rd. Okay? And it's interesting, I want to point out something here. It's interesting that our two real hot dates uh, that we were looking at uh, is the, they all three of them occur on a Thursday, and which is kind of interesting, on, on the Noah's Flood and on the 15th day of the, of the month, which is November Okay, another Thursday we're looking at is the 25th day of the month, which is on this coming 12th. And they're, all three are on a Thursday. And the interesting thing about a Thursday is that there have been a lot of people, uh, including if you go to a, uh, if you Google Thursday Rapture, Five Dove website, a number of people have had dreams and visions. Uh, Charles is one that, that for years uh, he was praying, asking the Lord what day of the, the, uh, the month would, would the rapture take place uh, or you know, could you at least give me the day of the month that the rapture would take place? He had a dream or a vision where he he said that uh, the Lord revealed to him that the rapture would take place on a Thursday. And it's kind of interesting that the uh, key dates that we're looking at is on a Thursday of the month. And let's go on from here. I mentioned earlier how it is important that everything lines up mathematically with Daniel's specific dates, day dates of what must occur uh, during the tribulation period. And Dr. Barry Odd does an excellent analysis. And, you know, if you come up with a date and if it doesn't line up when you move it forward in time, then you might as well throw it out. I mean, uh, everything has to fit like a glove in order for it to be correct. So let me play you his video. He does a very good job of uh, coordinating everything and lining everything up. Remember, we're always straddling two days. Kapoor Atonement, October 26, 27. Sukkot Tabernacles starts, starts October 31st, also known as Halloween to the world, and November 1st. Hoshana Rabbah, remember this day, very important. This is the seventh day of Tabernacles, and it's known as Mini Kippah. Actually, Mini Yom Kippur, but I call it Mini Kippah. That's 11, 7, and 8. 
Shimini, shim shimini, shim shimini, shimini yatsarets. The new beginning, the eighth, it means eighth Terry. Keep in mind his dates are two days off because he's using the Enoch calendar and not the Torah calendar that, that's factoring in the sighting of the new moon. Hang around a little bit longer. Eighth tarrying on 11, 8, and 9. Simchat Torah means we're done with all the Torah portions that we were reading. See, God walks them through parts of the Bible. You know, you read this and read this from this book and read this psalm and then read a little bit of this and then read this and then the next day. So they always have portions that they're supposed to read. When you think, oh, well, after I've done that a few times, aren't, aren't we done reading the Bible? Can I do something else? No, this is what our Father wants us to do every day. So I love that rule. And uh, sometimes I try to follow what he says. Oh, this is what I want you to be reading during this time and this season. Wow, you might get some really big revelations by reading what he instructs them to at the certain time, right? But Simchat Torah is the last day of reading the Torah, and then the next day they're going to start over reading again. So as you remember, Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah are tied together as they're two days that are known as one long day, just like the Feast of Trumpets is two days that is known as long, one long day. So that's going to play into our timeline. It's really cool. And then... Uh, this, this was uh, what the boys at uh, Interrupts, boys and girls, at Interrupts 165 found, was that there was a covenant with many, talked about in like 10 different books of the Bible, and a couple extra books of the Bible, about the 24th day of the seventh month, and a covenant where Daniel was there, and Jeremiah was there, and uh, I'll, 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 I'll list who they said was there. Okay, so that, that's pretty incredible, right? Okay, so now from these dates, let's look in the future and see how it fits with our timeline. If I hadn't done this already, okay, um, I, I looked up, let's look specifically in Daniel, in the book of Daniel. And if you go to Daniel chapter 12, okay, in this part where Daniel says, it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. That word, if you look it up, is Strong's H4150, and it actually means Moedim, means appointed time. Okay, um, so basically what this is, let's start by looking at um, Daniel chapter 12. And if we go to verse seven, it says, and I heard the man clothed in linen, that was upon the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time times and a half and so we've all known this is three and a half years so that's fine time time and a half time is one times is two half is a half but what most people didn't notice and let me just show you this by looking at the same verse but we'll go and this is eSword so eSword's a great program we're going to go up here and click on this and just look at the King James Plus to see it keyed to Strong's so we can see what kind of stuff we have. So here is verse 7, and it's the same thing for a time, times, and a half. So here's the word for time, okay? And right here is Strong's 4150, and you probably can't read that pop-up, but it says Moed, okay? And here's the word for times, and the word for time is uh, for a year is Shana, and this is a time or a Moedim, which is plural. 
and then the word for half is simply the word for half. So the point is, instead of it just being year, two years, and a half a year, it's specifically one moedim cycle, two moedim cycles, and a half is what we're talking about. So let me flip back to King James here, regular. And so what we're talking about with this here, a time, time and a half, it's not just a three and a half year period that starts arbitrarily at any particular time and just goes roughly three and a half years into the future. It's specifically from one Moedim to another. So see, for instance, if it was just for a time, a Moedim cycle, say it started on Passover, then it would end next year on Passover. If it was exactly one time and a half, and it started on Passover, you'd go next year into Passover, then a half a year later would be Tabernacles. So that's what we're talking about, from one Moedim, one holiday to another. Borgy, borgy, borg. So let's see what we got so far. So from Trumpets 2020. Now, that already passed, but I'm telling you, when these events happened, in heaven, there was markation of, of something, right? We don't fully understand, but this is interesting to know. From twump, Trumpets, Twumpets, uh, to Passover, Unleavened Bread Week, which is April... 22nd through the 29th, that is, twelve hundred and ninety days. Very interesting. Okay. Now, when uh, you guys can all check these dates, but just remember, we're always straddling two days, right? And then if you look on a date calculator, you got to know if you're looking between one day and uh, a day five days from now. Are you including that day? Are you starting your count after that day? Is it how many days in between those two days? Or does it include one of them and not the other? Okay, so it's like two or three days. So if something looks like it's one day off, it may be because there's 1290 days in between these two dates. Or it might include the first day of one of the next, okay? And we're always straddling two days. So 1290 days, very interesting. What do we got here from the Kippur Atonement, need another color, from, from Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, books are shut, right, to the second Great American Eclipse, 1260 days. Y'all try to tell me nothing happens, right? Judgment, and, and the eclipse we know is a sign of a judgment, complete set X. Does that mean that's when it's carried out? Not sure. All right, but look at this. This is really cool. From Yom Kippur Atonement to Shavuot, this same year, 2024, this will be June 22nd. Remember, I said there will be a Shavuot rapture. Blessed is he who comes to the 1335. Okay? There was a judgment made. And there are people going to be raptured, okay? We know that the, um, the two witnesses are going to lie in the street. You know, they're going to witness for 1,260 days. So maybe they come 30 days from now, which is, you know, that's where we're heading right now. And then they, they witness for 1,260 days. And then they are killed by the Antichrist in the middle. And uh, their, their bodies lie in the street for three and a half days. And then they resurrect. So... Of course, that's going to happen at Passover and Resurrection Day because everything that has been done will be done again. 
So we got that timeline, and then I've always believed that there would be a mid-tribulation rapture, but after we understood Pentecost was not, Shavuot was not our rapture, but we are actually the trumpet story, then that makes perfect, because all the Old Testament, the, the Jews' Torah and, and, and the entire Old Testament has Shavuot rapture scenarios. So it, it does make sense for them. Exactly, 1335. Come on, you can't make this stuff up, right? Now, again, on some calendars, you'll say, oh, that's not right. But you're going to go to the 15th day of the new month of the third month, okay? And, and you, you count the first new day by the first sliver of the moon visible from Earth. So if you're looking at a stellarium, you'll see the sun, and then you'll see a sliver of the moon a little bit far away. Then that'll be day one, and then you count 15 days. And what you see for Shabbat is the, uh, the sun will be in the... Um, the constellation of Gemini, which is the story of the immortal one giving the Holy Spirit uh, immortality to his mortal brother, right? Or, or sometimes uh, a wife. So anyways, that fits perfect. Okay, now, Sukkot Tabernacle starting. Here's my reservation about this, okay? So from Sukkot Tabernacles, October 31st, Halloween, which has all the perfect signs, okay? From that time, the only thing I could find that fit perfectly was let's try to keep the colors the same another 1290 to israel's 77th birthday so that's that's very significant the 1290 very specific we know that date is correct and we know this date right but there's not a feast day that that falls on that so here's the thing because I'm going to show you this scenario and how sweet this is. But we could still be a Noah Ark scenario, go this day, spend that seven days in the quote-unquote Ark in the sky, right, in, in heaven. and uh, Or something supernatural could happen here, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like we're protected. I don't, I, I don't agree. I don't believe, uh, like uh, our friend Brenda Weltner uh, agrees, that... Um, that will be changed supernatural and do stuff here. Uh, you know, that'd be cool, but I just, I don't see that. But um, to be protected here like Noah was, you know, it's not out of the question, but I, I, this is why I wanted to do this video. I want to preface all that if, if we don't go on this perfect day, know that something happened in heaven, it was marked, and he might give us when the day of tabernacles had fully come, and then Shemini Atzeretz us out of here. And so you'll, you'll see these, you'll, you'll like how these um, come out. So from, from that date, uh, that's all I could find. I couldn't find more. So that's, that's, uh, that's my only reservation about that. But I, I, I don't care if he, if he does something and, and, and uh, takes us or whether it's marked. This is our week. This, all of this is fitting perfectly. Okay. Now for 1260, okay, from Hoshana Rabbah, the mini Yom Kippur to Passover, mid-trib, 1260 days. We have a three-day celebration. Hoshana Rabbah, Shemini Atzeret, Simchat Torah. Those three days always, every year, celebrated, every single year. Falls, Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits. Twelve sixty, twelve sixty. All right, and we'll just go ahead and put the 
So 60 there too. So from the 7th through the 11th straddles the times here, which will be the uh, uh, 22nd through like the 23rd, 24, 25, you know, because Resurrection Day is three days after that. Okay, so, all right, now let me show you how it plays out at the very end. Pretty cool, huh? All right, so from Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits, it's exactly 1260 days to trumpets, trumpets, and awe. And up here from trumpets to Passover to trumpets is also your 1260 days. So here's the, here's the really cool thing about this, okay? Um, so the whole shebang, if we leave Shemini Yatsaretz 11, 7, 8, 9, 10, 1260 days goes right to Passover. If we leave at uh, Halloween, you know, where the sun, moon, and stars testifies of it. Perfect. We're up there for seven days, and then God starts this clock at this day for whatever reason he has for that. We don't, we don't have to be on earth. The rapture doesn't have to perfectly coincide with this time, if you understand what I mean, right? Because us going on that tabernacle and then tabernacle in a temporary dwelling place and the Jews running for their lives to a temporary dwelling place or being supernaturally transported to Israel. Somebody suggested that. All of that fits perfectly too. I'm just telling you, we should be really excited because these scenarios fitting like this, so if you remember what we talked about earlier, uh, a Moedine cycle then is from trumpets to trumpets. It's from Passover to Passover. It's, it's one complete cycle of every different feast the Lord had in that year. So when he said for a time, that's a Moedine cycle, times, which is two Moedine cycles, so we've known that is three years, but a half a time is from a trumpets to a Passover or a Passover to a trumpets. Isn't that beautiful, right? So he's telling us the scenario. So that's a seven years. Three and a half years, three and a half years equals seven years. So that's 25, 20 days. But then if we look at the 1335 from the Passover week, 1335 takes us right past trumpets to Hanukkah. So um, let me make it this color. This would be. Twenty-five ninety-five. Okay, but wait, that's not all. If you order today, you also get eighty years ago. The UN partition plan happened at the Hanukkah time in 1947. From Hanukkah 1947 to Hanukkah 2027 is your eighty years. Huh? Is that great? But uh, <laughs> but wait, that's not all. <laughs> All right, let's look back over here and, um, you know, let's say we get raptured right here, these three days. The uh, Hoshana, Shemini, Simchat Torah, um, and, and again, the, the covenant with many being signed, you know, right after uh, or just being implied by God uh, because this was the covenant. You guys got to watch that teaching. I can't bring you up to the speed on that one. But from this day... These two days, Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, are known as, I don't know if I want to go there. Let's do it like this. Shemini 
and SimChat are known as one long day, just, just like how um, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur got smushed together this year. So many Atzeret and SimChat Torah are known as two days that are one long day. They're known as one long day. Look where it takes us to pass over unleavened first fruits. That's a three day. And then ends up two, the, first, the two days of trumpets. The only other day that is two days smushed together that's known as one long day. So my theory, <laughs> using the scientific method and uh, gathering data and, and making a hypothesis is that the Lord's going to take one long day through seven years to one long day. Isn't that delicious? So we got a two and a three and a two. I think that has some like Illuminati symbolism. I think there's just three, two, two. But, you know, the Lord's always going to outdo them, right? So we got a two, three, two. But from the longest day to the longest day, or one long day to one long day. So I think that date right here. Sorry. And uh, we know that uh, after a rapture, there's probably going to be, like the days of Noah, 40 days of chaos, right? Well, Forty days takes us to twelve twenty one twenty, which is the winter solstice. And I'll refer you to Amos. 315. Let's go there. It's a couple books after Daniel. Amos 315. Okay. I can't write it. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I'll write this. Amos 315. And this is right after... If you, if you read all of Amos 3, um, let's just do it real quick. Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land at Passover, saying, You only have, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquity. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have not taken anything at all? Rapture? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city, and the Lord himself hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do no thing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants and prophets. Plural. People coming together to serve him. Prophets, not in the, Thus saith the Lord, he spoketh to me. Not that kind of prophet. Different kind of prophet. If, if somebody comes saying that, and then whatever they say doesn't come true, you know, then you're not supposed to listen to them, and, and in the old days they stoned them. We don't do any of that, okay? But prophecy, the way 
Ephesians, where he said, I would rather than you speaking in tongues, making a bunch of noise, I'd rather you prophecy, teach the word, prophecy, different kind of prophet, okay? We're not false prophets. We're teaching the word best we can. So, surely the Lord God will do no thing unless he tell his servants and prophets. So in that form, I'll be happily be referred to as prophet. The lion hath roared, but who will not hear has spoken? But who cannot prophesy, right? We can't keep our mouth shut if we tried. You could lock us up, but we'd still be like, no, no, he's coming. Publish in the places of Ashdod and in the places of the land of Egypt. Say, assemble yourselves upon the mountains of Samaria and behold the great tumults in the midst thereof and in the oppressed in the midst thereof. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Yahweh, an adversary there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Right? He just talked about rapture. He talked about their tribulation that coming up, the enemy he's going to use to do it. Thus saith Yahweh, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed, and in Damascus, in a couch. Hear ye, and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God, the God of hosts, that in that day, Moedim, holy convocation, in that day that I shall visit the transgressions of Israel upon him. I will also visit the altars of Bethel, house of God. And the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. Now here's the part. Okay? If we leave now, 40 days of chaos to the winter. Listen to what God says in 3.15. And I will smite the winter house with the summer house. And the houses of ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall have an end, saith the Lord Yahweh. Okay? Amos 3.15. And I will smite the winter house with the summer house. Now, as we just saw that, that talk about equinoxes and the solstice, there is a astronomical appointment of the winter house and the summer house. And what do we know is going to happen? So here we go. We're coming up on winter solstice. You're perfect 40 days away. And what's he going to do? He's raining fire and hailstones and coals of fire, right? Thunder and lightning and earthquakes. So I just, I, just, I think that's a clue. I may be wrong on that, but uh, I, I just thought when I, when I found out that this is 40 days and it's the winter solstice and he says, I will smite the winter house with the summer house. I was like, oh man, that is so beautiful. You can really write a script. And the houses of ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall have an end. Thus saith the Lord. You mean they're actually called dress rehearsals? Give me two new puzzle pieces, and I am so excited about the first one. It may be one of the m most important pieces of this puzzle. Um, if any of you guys have been following me for the last eight years, I know that at least five or six, seven, eight years ago, in my book, I had a puzzle piece about the birth of Jesus being on the first day of Tabernacles. And this is such a huge piece of the puzzle. I, I had taken it out of the puzzle because I didn't really know how it fit, but the Lord had showed me this years ago. And so I'm going to talk about why I believe Jesus was born on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles and then why it's such a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, so first of all, if you look back in the story of Jesus' birth, 
uh, Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem from Nazareth, which is like four to five days journey. And it's a lot of walking. It's a very far journey. Mary is obviously nine months pregnant. So you have to wonder, did Joseph wait to take his wife to Bethlehem to register for the census until she's about to give birth to their baby? Um, and I would say that most likely, uh, you know that the males in Israel were required to appear in Jerusalem three times a year. And the big one was the Feast of Tabernacles. That was the big feast. It was an eight-day feast, and they were required to come to Jerusalem. So it is makes sense that the reason Joseph waited was because he was going for the Feast of Tabernacles to Jerusalem. Now, walking from Nazareth down to Jerusalem, Bethlehem is about two hours south. Uh, it's another two-hour walk past Jerusalem. So why did they go all the way to Bethlehem? I believe uh, <clears throat> that most likely Joseph wanted to register for the census in Bethlehem, and then he was going to go the next day to back to Jerusalem. Whether that was with Mary or not, I don't know, but he was probably going to go back and start the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles because he was required to do that as an Israelite male to celebrate the eight-day Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. So they went to Bethlehem to register. They get to Bethlehem, and there's no room in the inn. Why is there no room in the inn? Because all the men in Israel were required to come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. And so, and Bethlehem's the closest city to Jerusalem. It's only like two hours away. It's like five or six miles. And so, um, likely there was a lot of people in Bethlehem, and there was just no place for them to stay. Um, so that's one reason that I believe the Feast of Tabernacles makes sense. Um, secondly, if we count from the seventh day of Hanukkah, which is one of the main two main pieces of this puzzle, is that date, seventh day of Hanukkah, we count 280 days, which is a human gestation period, one of the two ways to count a gestation period. We come to the first day of tabernacles. If we count 266 days from the seventh day of Hanukkah, which would be a, represent a conception, then we come to the Feast of Trumpets. So it's possible that Jesus was conceived on the seventh day of Hanukkah, and his due date was the Feast of Trumpets, but he came two weeks late. And this may be why Joseph was waiting. He was expecting Jesus to be born, and then they were going to go to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles and Bethlehem to register for the census. And Jesus just didn't come, and he, he became late, and so... That's um, another interesting thing. But anyway, so we have a 266-day and a 280-day count that would connect us to the possibility of the Feast of Tabernacles being the uh, birth of the male child, Jesus, if he was either conceived on Hanukkah or we start the 280-day count from Han seventh day of Hanukkah. The third thing is that there's a verse in John chapter 1. It says, And the Word became flesh and did tabernacle among us. Another version says, And the Word who is Christ, became flesh, or human, or incarnate, and tabernacled, or fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us. Jesus tabernacled among us. Um, this could be another huge clue from the scriptures that Jesus was born right on the Feast of Tabernacles, on the first day of Tabernacles. Jesus is the fulfillment of the festivals of Israel. So it's not, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if he had been born on one of the Jewish festivals. Um, Another thing is, um, it's the mere image of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is only a seven-day festival, but the Feast of Tabernacles has an eighth day added to it, 
whereas unleavened bread doesn't. So um, the male children after birth were required to be circumcised on the eighth day. So this could be another sign to us that the Lord gave us a clue that this feast of tabernacles is the time when his son was born on the earth. He tabernacled among us on the eighth day, the last great day of the feast, he was circumcised. So what does this have to do with the rapture happening in November? <laughs> a lot. Um, Mary, who was represents the woman in Revelation 12, she's she was favored by God, just like Esther was the favored one. She represents the bride of Christ. Mary represents the bride of Christ. The woman in Revelation 12 gives birth to a male child, and then she is taken to a place prepared for her by God, where she'll be taken care of out of the serpent's reach. This is the rapture place prepared for us by God. That's what Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may also be. And I will come and receive you unto myself. So this is the rapture. Mary represents this woman in Revelation 12 that is taken to the place prepared for her by God, the bride of Christ. As a Jewish woman, Mary had to wait for 40 days after the birth of her male child to be purified from her bleeding and to be able to go into the sanctuary. And this is talked about in the Bible when it says, When the days of a purification for Mary were over, she brought Jesus to the temple. Now, they had stayed in Bethlehem um, so that Jesus could be offered at the temple uh, or to be brought to the temple, at least, in Jerusalem after the days of Mary's purification were over so she could enter the sanctuary again. And when she does go there with Jesus, this is the first time that we see that Jesus is brought to the temple in Jerusalem. And Simeon says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So it's a it's a prophecy about uh, the hearts, the thoughts of the hearts being revealed, bringing the light to the Gentiles, salvation. And then Anna, of course, uh, she said. Anna was the widow that lived in the temple, and she said, she says she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. We are the new Jerusalem, and the redemption, our redemption is at the time of the rapture. So when did Mary go to the temple? When was her days of purification over? If Jesus was born on the first day of tabernacles, then her days of purification ended. The 40th day would have been the 24th day of Chesphon. The 25th day of Chesphon would have been the day that Mary brought Jesus after the days of her purification were over. And all of these prophecies were given about Jesus on the 25th day of Chesphon that um, he would reveal the hearts of many. That happens at the time of the rapture when those who are left behind, their their hearts, you know, were not pure and they are, it's like revealed to the world that they that they were not living for the Lord. The redemption of Jerusalem, we are the new Jerusalem. So this is the time when the woman, or Mary, or the bride of Christ, is allowed on the 25th day of Chesphon, she is allowed to go to the sanctuary after the days of her purification. This is a huge piece of this puzzle. Um, so I'm excited to put it in the book today. And this is the reason I told you not to print off the book yet, because I knew there was going to be some more pieces the Lord was going to show.